You are listening to Grab Them by the Pod, a member of the Ace Podcast Network. Another exciting edition of Grab Them by the Pod. And as the Beatles say, will you still need me? Will you still love me when we are 64? This is our 64th episode. <laughs> Jesse, we got a lot to talk about tonight, bud. So what's going on down in Washington, D.C. or in Helsinki, Finland, should I say? I the question is, what isn't going on? Things have been so insane for the past five days or so. I think most people would probably think we're going to start talking about uh, Trump and Putin on this podcast immediately. Uh, but that's not going to happen. I wanted to, but I think you got to talk about what happened last Friday first. Uh, actually, I, I joined up and went to the gym for the first time last Friday, and I was sitting there on the treadmill watching the TV. I saw... Uh, Maybe you're sitting on the treadmill? I mean, walking on the treadmill, excuse me. You know. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not lying. I really was there, I swear. Um, I haven't been back since, so that's the problem. But I'm going to go back, I promise. But while I was at the gym watching the TV on the treadmill, um, I saw Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein on the TV, and I had to listen and see what was going on. Uh, it turns out that Robert Mueller has indicted... 12 Russian intelligence officers from the 2016 hacking of the DNC. Uh, all 12 members were uh, of the GRU, Russia's military intelligence agency. 11 are Hold charged. on, pause for a second, Jesse. Okay. The the Russian intelligence agency is the GRU. Yeah. Is, is anybody else here picking up on, you know, the despicable me, like oh, Gru, Gru, he's the bad guy, <laughs> and he's got kind of like a Russian accent going on. So, you know, is It was there a all there for this? us all to see if we only, you know, read between the lines and really... Went into it, uh, but uh, so these twelve people, eleven of them were charged with conspiring to hack into the networks used by the DNC and the DCCC. The twelfth person was charged with conspiring to hack into systems that are used to administer elections. Uh, this includes hacking into websites of the state elections board and sending phishing emails to state election officials. Uh, so uh, for a witch hunt, uh, we're getting a lot of people indicted. Right, which is why this isn't actually a witch hunt. It's actually going after people who have broken the law or who have done, you know, some egregious act towards the United States. This is real stuff that we're dealing with. So let's please let Robert Mueller's investigation continue to play out. And the interesting thing about these indictments are that uh, Rosenstein said that uh, they're transferring them over uh, to the Justice Department's National Security Division. So if Mueller's investigation were to be shut down and try to make him go away, uh, those aren't are no longer part of the, you know, quote, unquote, part of the investigation. So those are going to stick around. Uh, so uh, no matter what they try to do with Mueller, uh, I think these 12 indictments are here to stay. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, and the, it's interesting when you start looking at this even deeper. Uh, the indictment also alleges that the Russians used an organization as a pass-through uh, to release documents. You know, they didn't name it, but I think we can assume uh, WikiLeaks. Uh, was yeah, I would imagine Julian Assange. Where are you at? Well, it's it's really it's really interesting when you start looking into uh, what in the Ecuadorian, right? The Ecuadorian uh, uh, embassy, embassy in, in London. But, but they want him out so bad, but they don't want to actually kick him out. That they've like blocked all his internet access and no TV, so he's basically a prisoner in there. And, and he said that he'd be willing to leave, but uh, yeah. It's, it's not going to work out well for him if he does. So I, well, have we ever decided – I never actually looked into this. Why does Ecuador keep him? Why don't they just kick him out? What's, what's going on there? I don't know. Pamela Anderson's Canadian, and that's his main squeeze, isn't it? Can't he go live with her in Canada somewhere? Yeah, well, you know, if she's your ride or die, I think you're in trouble. Uh, and, you know, Roger Stone is associated with it too. And uh, I was just hearing that uh, – I think it was one of his lawyers or lawyers associated to somebody close to him. I uh, met with five people working with Mueller. 
uh, either today or yesterday. So he may be the next person going down. If he goes down, maybe he'll bring down WikiLeaks down and so on and so, so on and so forth. Um, Mueller also revealed that uh, the unnamed candidate for Congress, who I wonder who this could be, I don't know, uh, asked the Russian conspirators uh, posing as Gusever 2.0 to give him or her documents stolen from the DNC and DCCC. Uh, and Guccifer responded uh, to the request and provided the candidate with documents on their opponent. That's uh, a bad look. I don't know who it is, but it's a bad look if uh, Mueller knows. Yep, no meddling, none at all, nothing to see. And it's, it's important to stress that you know, this indictment makes no allegations that Americans knew uh, what was going on or engaged uh, with the Russian intelligence officers, but it doesn't mean they didn't. Um, you know, the Trump administration has to point out, see, this is nothing about collusion, no collusion. But it doesn't say there wasn't collusion. It just says, you know, there's at, at this point, there's there's no, uh, we're not we're not releasing any evidence. So uh, this is still far from over, and uh, more could come out. And it probably will at this rate. Yeah, so uh, just before, you know, Trump calls us a witch hunt, but look at 32 people have been charged, five of them, including three Trump associates, have pled guilt, pleaded guilty, excuse me. Uh, it, it, it's going on. There's going to be more before this is all said and done. People have to point out, oh, yeah, they're Russians. Nothing's going to happen. Hey, they're guilty. They're doing this very systematically. Uh, you know, they're not going uh, for – when you're fighting a giant, sometimes you got to, like, take out their, their legs first. And then you go for the head, and I think you know Trump is the head. And once they get him down on the ground, that's when they go for the kill. Not that I'm saying anything should happen to President Trump. Please don't read into that with my words. Makes me kind of wonder: Has anybody heard from Mike Flynn at all lately? Oh, lock him up, right? Uh, that's that's his catchphrase. Lock her up. Uh, it, it'd be interesting because they're they're trying to flip some people on Paul Manafort. I think uh, Mother asked. Well, first of all, they. Mother uh, Manafort wanted to leave Alexandria, which is a little more liberal. It's in the area that I lived in for a while, down south, and they said no, so he stuck up there. And Mother's asking uh, for immunity for five people uh, to talk crap about <laughs> Paul Manafort. So uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what's up with Flynn, but Manafort uh, could be in some trouble. I mean, he is in trouble. That could be. Uh, and, and again, Trump has dismissed um, a lot of this stuff as fake news, uh, and we'll talk about that. <laughs> a lot uh, in just a few minutes um, but you know, his his denials when it comes to Russia it, it's just crazy you know, and Rosenstein said he briefed Trump on the allegations earlier in the week and the Trump was fully fully aware in that they asked him if they wanted to hold off to after the Putin summit and Trump said no so I, I just don't know what goes through Trump's mind sometimes when it comes to the decisions he's making and those statements he's making nothing yeah. nothing goes through his mind it's a blank slate it, it's just I, I don't know it, Clearly, he doesn't think or doesn't care or doesn't care to think, and he just flies off the seat of his pants. And that's exactly what happened here. And then it comes out, makes him look bad, and so he gives a half-hearted, you know, <laughs> apology. I don't even know if we would call it that. You know, when I, when I think of what's going on in Trump's mind, and I know we're being a little biased here, I think of uh, Homer and the Simpsons when they go into his mind, and there's one of those little wind-up uh, monkeys clapping the symbols, ding, 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 ding. That's pretty much all that's going on in there. Um, but so we, we look at this, and uh, the Russians attacked us. And Mueller and Rosenstein are making sure these people are indicted and trying to take them down. We should be very happy with them, right? Uh, no. Uh, they want to get rid of them as usual. Our representatives Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan, these are people who are in the Freedom Caucus. Uh, and by the way, Jim Jordan, this is the guy who's uh, currently being accused of turning a blind eye uh, to abusive wrestlers at Ohio State, basically the Joe Paterno uh, defense he's trying to make. Uh, they want the Justice Department's uh, internal watchdog to investigate whether Rosenstein threatened congressional aides in, in a January meeting. Uh, you know, they, they always go after the guys trying, trying to take down the president. Uh, it's not a surprise. 
It's because they are more concerned with having power, their party having power, than in actually doing what's right. So even though these guys are the ones that are trying to protect our democracy, they're a threat to the Republican power system. So, you know, they're going to go after them and their credibility. In the Freedom Caucus, they've been against Mueller from the beginning. Um, the group's members have really floated the idea of impeaching Rosenstein over lack of transparency and cooperation um, with the House Republican investigators. It really is just ridiculous. Uh, you know, they, from what we've seen, they've done nothing wrong. Uh, the president and his administration it looks like they've done things wrong, and uh, they don't want truth. They want uh, to protect their their president and the head of their party. Uh, and, you know, I understand that to a certain degree under normal circumstances, but these aren't normal circumstances. Uh, this is concerning possible collusion and interference in our elections. Uh, and that's a time where you have to just break away and say, you know what, he may be the head of our party uh, and he may be the president, but I can't defend him anymore. Yeah, sometimes the truth hurts. This is one of those times. So on to the, the Putin stuff. I know this is what most people have been waiting for. Um, we just talked about all the more proof that there's been Russian meddling. Uh, and you think Trump, you know, he maybe he'll cancel his meeting with Putin, you know, in, in light of all this stuff. Nah, you know, he's going to keep going. He calls it a summit, even though uh, most people are saying that's not a summit, it's a meeting. Uh, and, and I'm not sure really how to describe what we saw here. Uh, I think most people who watched the press conference we're pretty shocked by what they saw. And I think that uh, it doesn't matter whether Republicans or Democrats, I think they just didn't know what to make of it. I mean, Trump basically submitted to, to Putin. He certainly did. I mean, I think any of us that did watch it and, and, and saw that didn't uh, come away feeling too good about it. It's similarly to when he met with Kim Jong-un, that this is the president of the United States getting played by uh, another world leader who seems to have all their facts and information in order while our president is bumbling his way through a press conference. Trump is the first person to tell everyone who's listening that nobody is tougher on Russia than he is. Uh, but when he was standing next to Vladimir Putin, he didn't denounce Russia's interference in our election. And he continued to actually criticize uh, America and our special counsel investigation. And I want to give a big shout out uh, to two reporters from America who had a chance to ask questions. They asked perfect questions. Uh, Jeff Mason from Reuters, uh, Jonathan Lemire from the AP. Uh, the things is they didn't pull punches. They said what had to be said. We'll start here uh, with Mason. And, you know, a lot of these these things, either what the reporter said or Trump's response, we're paraphrasing here, we're cutting some stuff out uh, for brevity. But uh, Mason said, you tweeted this morning that the U.S. that it's U.S. foolishness, stupidity, and the mother probe that's responsible for the decline in U.S. relations with Russia. Do you hold Russia at all accountable for anything in particular? And if so, what would you consider that they are responsible for? Uh, Trump's response was, I hold both countries responsible. I think the United States has been foolish. I think we've all been foolish, and I think we're all to blame. I think that the probe is a disaster for our country. I think it's kept us apart. It's kept us separated. There was no collusion at all. Everybody knows it. That was a clean campaign. I beat Hillary Clinton easily, but the main thing is zero collusion, and it has had negative impact on the relationship between the, the two largest nuclear powers in the world. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous what's going on with the probe. He was basically just rambling on for this entire answer. There are good people on both sides, Jesse. Yeah. And he has to keep talking about his election win. Okay, that happened a year and a half ago. Uh, he has to keep talking about Hillary for some reason. Uh, blaming America. I mean, Ronald Reagan, who is the poster boy for you know Republicans and conservatives in America, must be rolling in his grave. He fought communism. He fought Russia. And here is Trump blaming America and their stupidity and their foolishness for the problems we have with Russia. It's it really is insane to believe that. If you think back to the 80s, and you know we were not 
we're not old, we're not young, we're kind of in the middle, I would say, but we're old enough to remember uh, the end of communism, the end of the Cold War, and how things were growing up uh, concerning Russia. Kids these days probably don't know anything about that stuff. But I, it's really just hard to imagine that the, tr- the president of the United States is, uh, is just bending down to the president of Russia. It's unfathomable. I mean, as you said, Jess, this is the country that we were brought up uh, to see as the enemy, right? Who was the bad guy in all those movies in the 80s, right? The the communist Soviets. Uh, mm-hmm. th- the thought that the president of the United States is completely kowtowing and, and bending over and kissing the ground that Vladimir Putin walks on. Uh, what what does he have on him is all I want to know. It's. I mean, they, they all went against... Uh, Obama for his, if you want to call it apology tour, basically saying sorry for Bush and how uh, we hurt our standing in, in the world. They said, you know, how dare the president apologize for America across the country? Here he is. We see Trump apologizing for America in front of, I don't know, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if it's our number one enemy. We have North Korea. We still have things like ISIS, but uh, I mean, certainly one of our top enemies uh, and how they're screwing around. And he just, you know, meh, you know, we're all buddy buddy. It's it's our fault. I'm sorry for what we've been saying about you. It's it's just unfathomable. Well, whoever is president after Donald Trump is going to have to go on one hell of a apology tour. Unless it's uh, Pence. To, <laughs> God help us. Yeah, God help us all to to make up for. Uh, what we've seen over the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. Now, Jonathan Lemire from the AP also uh, had strong questions for the president. Uh, president Putin denied having anything to do with the election interference in 2016. Every U.S. intelligence agency has concluded that Russia did. Who do you believe? My second question, would you now, with the whole world watching, tell President Putin you denounce what happened in 2016? And would you warn him to never do it again? Of course, Trump's paraphrased response So let me just say that we have two thoughts. You have groups that are wondering why the FBI never took the server. Why haven't they taken the server? Why was the FBI told to leave the office of the Democratic National Committee? I've been wondering that. I've been asking that for months and months, and I've been tweeting it out and calling it out on social media. Where is the server? I want to know, where is the server? I mean, what is it? What is he talking about? My God. It's nothing to do with the question, but it wasn't even done. No, with that being said, all I can do is ask the question. My people came to me. They said this thing, they think it's Russia. I have President Putin. He just said it's not Russia. I will say this. I don't see any reason why it would be, but I really do want to see the server. I really believe that this will probably go on for a while, but I don't think it can go on without finding out what happened to the server. I can't even take this seriously reading it. What happened to the servers of the Pakistani gentleman that worked for the DNC? Where are those servers? They're missing. Where are they? What happened to Hillary Clinton's emails? Oh, my goodness, this guy. And by the way, I got to stop you. I I, I was like, do we want to read this entire thing? It's pretty long. I'm like, no, it's so insane. I think we have to because when a normal person is reading and not President Trump, you see even more how crazy it is. Continue. I'm sorry. 33,000 emails gone. Just gone. I think in Russia, they wouldn't be gone so easily. I think it's a disgrace that we can't get Hillary Clinton's 33,000 emails. So I have great confidence in my intelligence people, but I will tell you that President Putin was extremely strong and powerful in his denial today. <sighs> strong and powerful. Okay, a few things to unpack here. Um, the question was about denouncing Russia's meddling and saying it to Putin's face, and Trump just talked about Hillary for about, you know, what, three, five minutes, however long it took to read. That's nothing to do with what was asked. Um, it's really nothing to do with anything. Um, and then when he finally kind of did address it, he said, you know, every intelligence agency says one thing, but Putin's strong and powerful in his denials. So, you know, that's it. Case closed. <laughs> My know. goodness. I, I mean, the Clinton thing apparently is all Trump has. I, 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 
again, you know, what's what's he trying to hide from? What's he trying to go around and why is he so beholden to Russia? What do they have on him? I swear this guy, I mean, Putin said he wanted Trump to win. He's not even hiding that fact. Uh, I, I, we say this before, you know, the, the right likes to call liberals cucks. But that's, that's exactly what Trump was here. He just submitted to Putin's will and he sold out our country in the past process. Uh, we, we, we saw, surprisingly, um, some Republicans denounce this summit, this meeting. Um, but, you know, a lot of them actually stayed away from Trump himself. But, you know, John McCain called it one of the most disgraceful performances by an American president in memory. Um, Paul Ryan said Trump must appreciate that Russia is not a rally, and there's no question that Russia interfered in our election. Um, Senate Intelligence Committee Chairman Richard Burr said that Putin is not our friend, and he urged President uh, Trump uh, to not tolerate hostile Russian activities against us or allies. And then Mitt Romney said uh, decision Trump's decision to side with Putin over American intelligence agencies is disgraceful and detrimental to the democratic process. Uh, I think it's time for Romney to start selling Mitt was right shirt because uh, like him or hate him, he, he did he was right about Russia back during the 2000 and uh, what was it 2012 uh, presidential election campaign. Yes, he was. And Jesse, you'd buy one, right? Well, let's not go crazy here. I, I did vote for him, actually, but uh, you know he's he's uh, he's just joined a long line of people who really have no spine. He, he spoke out tough, like a tough guy against Trump, and then tried to become the Secretary of State and had that dinner with that sad look on his face, like the want want to uh, to to paraphrase a uh, some Republicans. But so. Putin said he didn't do it, and he was very strong and very stern in, in telling us that he did not interfere with the yeah, election. So we guy. must believe him because he said so. And it's not like you know his political opponents uh, die by radiation poisoning for some reason, or that he uh, journalists that go against him get locked up at all. I mean, he's a swell, he's a swell president. Well, and President Trump denied that he was cheating on Ivana too back in the day, so, but that you know that has no bearing. And can you guess who thought? He did a great job. Our friends Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson. Uh, Hannity said Trump was very strong. Yeah, I'm sure that's what he was. And Carlson said that Mexico was meddled in our elections much more than Russia because they're packing our our uh, elections with their our electorate with their legal immigrants. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Sean Hannity and I have different definitions of the word strong. Well, you know, Hannity's probably tied into some of this stuff. I mean, they'd say that that he talks to Trump every single day. You know, they both had Michael Cohen as their lawyer. Uh, he may be afraid that if Trump goes down, he goes down too. And you know, I don't know anything else other than what everybody else knows, obviously. But, uh, you know, it, it's just weird that every – I mean, even Fox and Friends were talking trash about Trump's uh, performance. But, you know, Hannity had to, had to kiss the ring. You know, uh, it's he kissed the ring and then trust Trump kissed uh, Putin's butt. It's a kind of a line of kissing, I guess, as you go down. Yeah, it's kind of a sick oh, – I don't even want to say the word. So. <laughs> uh, and a few other things worth noting here. Uh, and the reporter asked Putin at one point why Americans should believe his denials about Russia meddling. And Trump interrupted Putin before he had a chance to talk. He just rambled on about his electoral college and how and how it benefits uh, Democrats. <laughs> I don't get it. And then Putin gave Trump a soccer ball. Uh, I would chuck that thing right in the garbage. I mean, there's been a lot of jokes on how people think it's bugged. Dude, I wouldn't put anything past Putin. It probably Putin. is. Just There's no need to keep that. Just throw it in the garbage, uh, incinerate it. Uh, I don't know. Give it to her. Give it to a Democrat. Let him bug them at least. I don't just keep it out of the White House. The guy's ex KGB. Don't think he knows a thing or two about spying. Oh yeah. I mean, 
you know, at least if George uh, Herbert Walker Bush was around, he was in the CIA, he might be able to counteract some of that stuff. Uh, he's still around. Maybe Trump should meet with him. <laughs> but that, you know, that wasn't it, though. Okay, we, 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 everybody freaked out after Monday. Oh, my God. And again, we saw Republicans and Democrats, people in between all saying this is horrible. It was disgusting. And then yesterday he claimed that uh, he made a mistake when he spoke. And it should have been obvious to all of us. Uh, he said he meant to say that he doesn't see any reason why it wouldn't be Russia when he, in, he instead said would. But it makes no sense if you listen to the context of what he's saying and even goes, I don't see why it would. Like if he said, I don't see why it wouldn't, it'd be a rather flippant uh, way to say you're accusing them. It's just more lying. Right. This guy expects us to believe that he plays us all for fools. And I suppose for a percentage of this country, his diehard supporters, they believe that they buy that garbage. Not me, not you, not most Americans with a, an ounce of critical thinking ability. And he can't even hold it together because after he said all that stuff, he even said, I said many times I accept our intelligence community's conclusion that Russia's meddling in the 2016 election took place. Could have been other people also, a lot of people out there. So he can't just like, leave that last part off. It couldn't have been other people. Yes, there are a lot of people out there, but everybody says it wasn't other people. It was Russia. He just can't help himself. So and then today uh, he was meeting with cabinet members and a reporter asked, is Russia still targeting the U.S., Mr. President? And Trump responded, thank you very much. No, as he shook his head. So, you know, everybody was like, oh, he, he's saying that Russia is no longer a threat. And by the way, on Friday, uh, director of national, national intelligence, uh, Dan Coats, you know, said the exact opposite. And then three hours later during uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders' press conference, or presser, uh, she said you know, he wasn't saying no to the question. He was saying no, he's not going to answer the question. I don't think anybody's buying that either. Yeah, no. It, it, again, it's all garbage. He's trying to sell us uh, you know, a bill of goods here, but we see through this. Apparently, I, didn't, I haven't seen it, but apparently on CBS News, Tonight he finally came out and said, you know, it is Putin. I blame Putin, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, if it takes you like three interviews, three or four press conferences to actually say this, when you, know, you made it sound like you were a tough guy, you're going to say this right to his face. Uh, I don't think we can buy that as the truth. No, I don't. I won't. No. I mean, if, if he came out of that that press conference with Putin and everybody was saying he was great, he wouldn't have said anything. He wouldn't have brought up you know, that mistake he says he made. He only said it because the entire country was saying he was crazy. I mean, I think I, I read an article about how John Kelly was going around giving the thumbs up on Republicans to go out against Trump on this. So the White House was jumping all over this immediately. Uh, and you can't trust a liar. When a liar is constantly lying, you can never believe. It's, it's the boy who cried wolf to the you know, nth degree. And uh, someday he may be telling the truth, but why, would I, why should I believe him? And certainly not. There is no credibility left in our president of the United States. <sighs> Man, I mean, I, America and Russia, Trump and Putin, best of buddies forever. I just, I never thought I'd live to see the day. And Putin's laughing all the way to the bank. And yeah, you know what? He did, did a fantastic job hosting the World Cup. So there is that. Go France, right? Mm. <laughs> France, and, uh, it's made up of you know a very diverse squad of football players. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure Trump hated that. You know, he he probably wanted Sweden to win. <laughs> it's a non-asshole country, and uh, they're all white. So I, I, maybe I, I didn't actually watch the game, so I don't want to say they are all white, but they are a Scandinavian country. But you know, Russia and Helsinki. I mean, that wasn't the end 
of Trump's uh, world tour, if you want to say that. Before all that happened, he actually went to England, where he found time to visit with British Prime Minister Theresa May. Uh, there he was created, uh, greeted by protesters and a giant floating Trump baby. Which I, Highlight I of my day yeah. to see that. How can you not? I, mean, I, I hear it's going to go on world tour, so I, I got to, you know, get to a town near near us today to see that because uh, you, you haven't. I mean, I've I've seen blimp, the Goodyear blimp in the sky. I've, I've seen the Wienermobile going down the highway, but until I see the baby Trump floating through the sky, I don't think I can uh, die happy. I hope it's in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade this year. Oh, that would be so sweet. Uh, I see him watching it, eating, you know, eating chicken in his, or eating turkey in his bathrobe on his bed. And there you see it, and him just losing his mind and tweeting. But before he actually met with Theresa May, he gave an interview to the British tabloid The Sun, and he was pretty critical of May. Uh, and then at the press for the next day, Trump was asked about it, and he responded that uh, he didn't criticize the prime minister, and he has a lot of respect for her, and called it fake news. Um, but here's the thing. This uh, interview was recorded, and they released what he said. He, he, one of the things I've seen on Twitter, I've seen a lot of jokes on Twitter about all this stuff, and it's it's hard because I don't want to steal anybody's joke, but some of them are so good. But uh, one of the actual serious comments I've seen is that this administration is really trying to convince us that things we see with our own eyes and things we hear with our own ears didn't actually happen. And as you said a little while ago, I mean, there's a certain percentage of this population that's going to buy that. They're basically trying to gaslight the American people, and uh, it scares me that people may actually fall for it. Right. And this is the danger to democracy. This is the, the stuff when we make comparisons and yeah, Trump's not Hitler, but this is the kind of stuff that those authoritarian dictatorships that, that do uh, commit these atrocities. This is how it starts, because they get people convinced of things not being true or of being true that uh, that aren't actually true. And, and this is where it begins. When you try to convince people and then you have a percentage of our population to believe that things that you did not say and it was it was recorded and proven and shown that you said, or you get them to believe that you didn't do it, you can get them to believe anything. When we were talking to the reporter from Politico towards the end of last year, one of the things we said is we, we repeat ourselves because we don't want this to be normal. We don't want to normalize the lying of Trump. And the same thing, I mean, he's trying to normalize lying and flat-out false statements and we can't let this happen. And if it's obnoxious that we keep saying this every every podcast, well, you know, that's you know, that's the cross we'll have to bear. Uh, but we can't let us become complacent and go, oh, you know, it's just Trump being Trump. Because once that's the case, then he can move on to the next thing that he does. And before you know it, you've gone, you know, a uh, hundred feet when you thought you were only taking small steps. And uh, you know, I don't want to worry about what's going to happen in four years if things keep going in this direction. Mm. And then at the Q&A portion of the presser, uh, Trump looked at Jim Acosta from CNN and said, CNN's fake news. I don't take questions from CNN. Uh, let's go to a real network. And then he called on Fox News' John Roberts. Uh, and, and there's nothing quite like the president of the United States uh, calling a news channel that he doesn't like fake news. You know, where else do they do that in this world? Oh, I don't know. Places like Russia where hmm. they imprison them or kill them for you know being critical of the leader. I understand conservatives don't like CNN. 
you know, liberals don't like Fox News. In 2009, the Obama administration was at odds with Fox News. Um, Obama's chief of staff, uh, Rahm Emanuel, basically came out and said that uh, Fox News is not a news organization. And CNN's Jake Tapper stood up for them. Uh, he was talking to the press secretary, Robert Gibbs, at the time uh, and said that, you know, it's escaped none of our notice that the White House decided in the last few weeks to declare one of our sister organizations not a news organization and tell the rest of us not to treat them as a news organization. Uh, it's not as heavy-handed as Trump, but you know the the Obama administration was wrong to do that. I think, and CNN stood up for it. And John Roberts, a fuck. I actually like John Roberts. I see him uh, in the daily press conferences, or at least when they're held. Uh, I tend, I really do like him. Uh, and he eventually did stand up for CNN, but I wish he really would have done it in the moment. Uh, today at uh, Sarah Sanders' press conference. Uh, or what else, press briefing, uh, she wouldn't call on one of the reporters, and when she called another reporter, that reporter immediately gave it over to the person she wouldn't call on or wouldn't have a follow-up question. I, we need to see more of that. We need to see these guys coming together and working as one so that they can't block people out like like CNN or Fox News, depending on who's president. If those news outlets really do want to be taken seriously and be given that credibility, then they do need to kind of stand together in solidarity and to work together to report factually of what is going on in this administration and, and actually be in it together regardless of uh, political ideology and which way that that network skews you know they really do have to stand together because as you can see at the president is quick to turn on anyone who says anything that might be perceived as critical of him so if it happens to one it can happen to all of them at some point in time and once I, they realize that you know they'll be better off and i think what you see with these at least the white house uh, reporters you know they don't pay attention to the evening, whether it's Hannity or Rachel Maddow or, or Anderson Cooper. I mean, they're talking about what's going on at the White House and that kind of reporting. And there is kind of a, a brotherhood and, and they should be standing in, in solidarity. So we'll see going forward what's going on. Uh, yeah. You know, I wish Roberts would have been a little bit more forceful and, and rebutted the president right away. And he, he didn't, as you said, uh, because he was sticking up for people that he knows and works with. He was uh, sticking up for Kristen Welker of NBC, who the president criticized and, and called them out as fake news alongside of CNN. Uh, and Roberts said that that type of blanket condemnation of fake news is, quote unquote, unfair because he he knows these people. He has worked with these people. He worked at CNN before he worked at Fox News. And he knows that these people are doing their jobs to the best of their ability. So, uh, you know, that stuff needs to happen more immediately and it needs to be more forceful. Uh, the president has to know that the, the media is not going to take what he's throwing at them. Well said. Well, the last thing I want to talk about here. Is, well, Kevin, you know. I've been known to be hyperbolic in the past. I like to call everything crazy and nuts and insane. But I can say with complete certainty that last Thursday's House Judiciary Committee hearing with uh, FBI agent Peter Strzok was the most insane thing I've ever seen in a congressional hearing. And remember, I used to run these in the Senate, so I've seen my fair share. It was absolutely bananas. Yeah, you know, I unfortunately wasn't able to watch it live. But looking back at what went on that day, ooh. Boy, that was some something to see. Uh, I can't believe it. And as we say all the time, like, why are we surprised that this sort of thing happens in the Trump administration or with the Republican-controlled Congress? We shouldn't be so surprised. But it's just the denigration of our American democracy to see this kind of ridiculousness on display for the world to see. 
and within minutes of this, like within minutes, literally minutes of it starting, uh, the hearing just evolved into partisan bickering. Uh, and this came off you know, right in the beginning. Strzok declined to answer some questions about the Mueller investigation on the advice of counsel. He had the FBI counsel behind him. So, you know, there's an ongoing investigation. I don't want to answer this and have it screw up any anything that's going on. Uh, and that caused Chairman Bob Goodlatte to lose his mind. He threatened to hold him in contempt. Uh, then it started a chain of point of order yells from Representative Jerry Nadler, and then Goodlatte wouldn't listen or recognize him. Nadler would scream, the chairman is not being proper, and then Goodlatte would scream, the chairman is being proper. Uh, it was must-see TV almost immediately. That's that's when I knew I was in it for the long haul for like, it's like a 10-hour 10, 10 period, it seemed like. You know, I've seen uh, in my time, and I've been accused of being a political egghead or nerd for watching like government on C-SPAN, or, or I, I've watched like parliament sessions in, in England, what have you, but... <laughs> I, I've never seen anything like that, and I can only imagine what people around the world were thinking if they were watching that. Oh, they're laughing. They're laughing. I'm sure. They're laughing at our president. They're laughing at what's going on in our country. They're laughing watching that. And you know, it was the usual suspects. It was Trey Gowdy, Jim Jordan, who we you know, had issues with already on this podcast, uh, Louis Gohmert, Matt Gates. Uh, they're just trying to embarrass Strzok, and they were playing stupid, too. Uh, you know, Gowdy would say things like, you tweeted Hillary would win $100 million to one. You really thought there was only one person in America who would vote for Donald Trump? And you know, struck like, you know, obviously that was just, I was just saying that. It was a late night tweet. Uh, and of course there are millions of people who vote for Trump. I mean, it's such a dumb thing for them to keep harping on. Or they kept making him say effin'. Uh, you don't have to say the word. You can just say effin'. And then they make him repeat it again for no real reason other than to embarrass him. It was an embarrassment of a, of a hearing. Yeah, well, you know, they want their soundbite. They want their 15 seconds of fame. They're grasping at straws because they don't actually have anything on him. That's exactly it. They wouldn't look at these. One of them was like, oh, you said when you went to Southern Virginia, you could literally smell the Trump voters. Are you saying that Trump voters smell? And he's like, oh, Jesus. Uh, but I, I think the most disgusting question of the day came from Texas, Louis Gohmert. Uh, he said, I've talked to FBI agents around the country, and you've embarrassed them. You've embarrassed yourself. And I can't help but wonder, when I see you looking there with a little smirk, how many times did you look so innocent in your wife's eyes and lie to her about Lisa Page? Uh, that led to Representative Bonnie Watson Coleman of Jersey to scream, you need your medication! And everybody just started going crazy and losing their mind and calling him disgusting and yelling at each other. It was like a WWF event. It really was. I mean, and again, this is happening in the halls of Congress. This is our United States government. It's our taxpayer dollars that are paying for this nonsense to go on. You know, we should be more outraged than we are. Uh, this is this is disgusting. They wanted their pound of flesh, and I think it really backfired on them. And, and the craziest thing, this is America, where you should have a chance to defend yourself and, and face your accusers. And uh, even though Gomer's time had... Uh, had wrapped up, they usually let people respond, and Gomer tried to say, it wasn't a question, it was a statement, he can't respond. I think you should be able to let him respond to that when you accuse him. And he did get the chance to respond. He said, the fact that you would question whether or not that was a sort of look I gave uh, a family member who I have acknowledged hurting goes more to a discussion about your character and what you stand for and what's going inside of you. Mm. Oops. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he, t he tweeted out to Lisa Page also, uh, you know, Trump won't be president, we'll stop him. And he said, you know, in terms of that text, uh, you know, it was a late night 
tweet. Uh, you know, we were saying we were going to stop him because he was insulting uh, immigrant family of a fallen war hero. And he takes things so literal, which is just they, – they know what he meant, but, you know, it's something they can yell. He said you, they can yell at him. They can get their sound bite. Uh, and, and when asked about why he was removed from the Mueller investigation, Strzok claimed that, you know, to his knowledge, he was removed from the probe uh, for reasons related to public perception uh, to, main, to maintain trust in the integrity of the Mueller team rather than any concern about uh, bias on his part. So basically, he's saying Mueller didn't think he did anything wrong, but he knows how it looks and it wouldn't look good, so he got to take him off the team. And that, you know, that pissed off the Republicans as well. So. Right. And what again, this further proves that this guy had no impact on the Mueller investigation or at least an impact in a negative way. He, you know, he was removed when there was the perception that he could have a bias that would affect the investigation. And so what do they have? They have nothing. Everybody in this world has a bias. They have their own point of view. It's not illegal. Every American has a right to their own political views. Acting on that bias is improper. Um, but it, there's no evidence, and they repeated this, or the Democrats repeated this over and over, and so did Strzok. There's no evidence that he acted on his bias, just like every other person. I mean, judges, you think they don't vote for people? I was just going to say <laughs> the same thing, Jess. If by this uh, account, why don't we hold our judges on the Supreme Court to the same standard? They aren't allowed to have their political bias show up in their rulings. So, you know, let's forget about Kavanaugh. Let's forget about Gorsuch. Let's forget about all these guys that are on there for a political uh, agenda. And if we're being honest here, if we're being truthful, Strzok was an idiot for sending these texts on a government phone. But other than that, he's been guilty of disliking Trump. Guess what? He didn't like Bernie. He didn't like Martin O'Malley. He didn't like a lot of people. But you know, they don't bring up those tweets because they don't fit their agenda. Uh, you know, Strzok won the hearing, in my opinion, because Republicans came off as rabid animals trying to take him down. Well, his testimony was a little more reasoned, well thought out. And you know, Strzok isn't really a sympathetic figure. Cheating on your spouse, we don't condone that. That's not good. That's messed up. And it's something that we usually vilify. Um, but the Republicans turned him into a sympathetic figure. And it, it, they have no one to blame but themselves. Right. You know, most people could make a more well-reasoned argument than these rabidly crazy conservatives or the Trump administration. So. So what do you got for Kevin's Corner this week? Well, Jesse, that sharp, searing pain that we are all feeling is from the knife that was thrust into our backs by the president of the United States. We were thrown under the bus, sold off to the highest bidder. The president of the United States, despite being briefed by American intelligence agencies to the contrary, that Vladimir Putin and the nation of Russia interfered in the 2016 presidential election, blamed the United States for its own problems and all but exonerated an adversary. On top of this, the president has done everything in his power to distance us and strain our relations with our longest and most trusted allies. By capitulating to Putin, Ignoring our own intelligence agencies and blaming our own government for problems caused by what might be considered an enemy state, the president has bordered on treasonous behavior. We have reached an hour of reckoning in the United States. Republicans, Democrats, members of Congress, members of the general public, what will we accept from our president? Surely we cannot afford to accept this. The president does not represent us or our best interests. We need no more evidence of this than what we have seen this week. Action must be taken, congressional leaders, especially those in the Republican Party. You must heed this crucial warning before any more permanent damage can be done. I like the capitulating to Putin. 
It's not quite alliteration, but it's close. Capitulating to Putin, you know. It's all, I'll, I'll give it to you. Um, all right, everybody. Thanks for joining. I mean, can can next week be as crazy as this week? I, I would say no, but I think it could be just the way things are going. Tough to top, but you never know what this. Uh, as we've said since we started, you never know what you're gonna get. Never say never. Well, no matter what happens in the next week, we'll be back here to report it, and uh, hopefully, all of you will be back to listen to it. Uh, remember, go to our website at grabthembythepod.com to learn all you need to know about the two of us. And uh, until then, we'll be back next time. Later. Later.